Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our ministry when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew 1, 1 through 17, called The Gracious Credentials of the King. We're in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 1, The Gracious Credentials of the King. We're going to look at the genealogy of Jesus. Last week, if you were with us, we did one verse as we introduced the concept of the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. I would highly recommend if you did not hear that message, you were not here for that, go back and listen to it because it is a very important foundation for the book that we are studying now, which is the first New Testament book moving verse by verse through the gospel of Matthew. So let's turn over there. We've entitled this The Gracious Credentials of the King. You could call this a good news genealogy. What is a genealogy, you might ask? A genealogy is a family tree. And the family tree of the Messiah is before us in the book of Matthew. Last night, my wife and I had the privilege of going to Disneyland. I should say sort of a privilege. Because as we've gotten older... Uh, We found ourselves on a Saturday at Disneyland dodging strollers, uh, bumping into people we've never met before, but now know on a first-name basis. (laughs) Uh, I think the nicest time that we had was we finally darted into a little place where we could have a cup of coffee, and we were just watching people go back and forth, and we're like, Disneyland. Who would want to go to this place on a Saturday? Now, you might say, well, Pastor Michael, why were you there? Well, so there's a precious couple in our fellowship, and uh, some of you know Dave Richards. Dave Richards has been battling cancer, Dave and Marilyn, and a wonderful family. And so Dave's worked at Disneyland, worked as a police officer in security, and he's been wanting to invite us to something that Disney does at the park once a year, and it's called the Candlelight Ceremony. How many of you have seen this before? Raise up your hand. Okay, a handful of you. So from the beginning, my understanding from the beginning, when the park opened, Walt had uh, something he wanted done. And what they do is they have this incredible choir, uh, hundreds and hundreds of people in the choir from high schools, uh, uh, choral groups, churches. They all come together. They had some special singers And they follow a script, and they bring in a Hollywood actor. The gentleman uh, who helped us last night, his name is Roger. He has a list of celebrities who have read the Christmas story going all the way back, I think, to the 1950s. I'm trying to remember when the park opened. But anyway, John Wayne, Cary Grant. (laughs) I mean, some names that are significant. And here's what the reader does. In between all the Christmas songs that we would sing, Silent Night, Hark the Herald Angel, etc. The narrator, who's a Hollywood actor, shares from Luke, Matthew, and Isaiah. They even read the prophecy in Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. Yeah. Now, we, because we had this connection, we were able to get seats right in kind of the, you know, uh, the inner part, and, and it, was, it was really cool. 
But down Main Street, if you remember where the big tree is, all the way down Main Street, there were thousands and thousands of people who had gathered for this thing. And the gospel went out incredibly powerful. And I found, found myself praying, oh Lord, let, I know your word doesn't come back void, so let the people who are listening to this, you know, come to you. Let there be a revival right here at Disneyland. Now, I think a lot of you know what's happened to Disney. Disney has gone crazy. But do you know that recently it came out that Disney has lost half of its value because parents are saying no. And they're not going to their woke movies and all this other stuff that they're doing. And Disney <laughs> fired their CEO and replaced him with a former CEO. And Disney at least has acknowledged we're listening because people are voting with their pocketbook. Now, I don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, there, there's a lot of stuff going on. But let me just tell you, last night, there was a worship service at Disneyland. <laughs> it, it was pretty amazing. So anyway, we pray that the, the Lord would use it. I know sometimes people can hear the, the old classics and it doesn't do anything. It doesn't move them closer to God. But if one person last night uh, decided, you know what, I need to get back in church or maybe rededicated their life. I'm telling you, it was, it was amazing because the Lord was lifted up. We're in a genealogy, and I, I mentioned the family tree of Jesus, and you know, you might think, oh no, a genealogy. <laughs> this is the day I picked to come to church. But this is an exciting good news genealogy, and it is filled with broken, sinful people. Do you know that the line leading to the Messiah is filled with a bunch of people with a checkered past? But what else could happen? <laughs> because any genealogy on a human level that has Jesus on a human level would be filled with sinners. This is a trustworthy statement. It deserves full acceptance. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, among whom I am the foremost of all. Would you pray with me? Father, as we open your holy word, may your voice speak. Help me to simply just be a vessel for you. Give us ears to hear what your spirit would say to us in this hour. We're excited about the Christmas season, excited about our king coming. And we pray that as we study a genealogy of many fallible, broken people, it will give us a signal that our king came to save the lost. He is a gracious king. He was the friend of tax gatherers, prostitutes, sinners, just like us. So thank you, Father, for the gift of Jesus, the king. I pray that you be glorified as we study your word, we teach it, and we act upon it. In Christ's name, all God's people said, amen. amen. So last week we did one verse, and that was Matthew 1.1. Let's do a little summary work as we look at our Bibles together. Matthew opens with the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. I mentioned to you that the word genealogy is the root word genesis. This is the genesis, the human genesis of Jesus. Some people believe that Matthew, when he wrote, and by the way, just for a date, Matthew has been put around A.D. 49. A.D. 49 is the earliest date of New Testament books. 
Galatians and James may have happened around 49, 50. These are the earliest books. A little debate in scholarly circles about whether if Mark might be earlier, but the traditional view has been Matthew is the earliest gospel around 49 AD. Now, Matthew, by profession, was a tax collector. And Jesus went up to the tax collecting booth of Matthew and famously looked him in the eye and said, follow me. And this is what Jesus did with his early disciples. He called them to follow. And he said, I will make you fishers of men. He said to the rich young ruler, follow me and you'll have treasures in heaven. The king called people to follow him. Matthew, the author of our gospel, was one of them. He would have been hated by his contemporaries, despised by people he went to school with, because he would have been seen as a turncoat to Rome, basically giving Rome whatever they required of him and then skimming off the top and ripping off people. And Matthew was called to Jesus Christ. And Matthew demonstrates a very in-depth knowledge of Old Testament scripture. And he's going to bring it forth in this gospel over and over again. This was done to fulfill what was written by this prophet or that writer. We'll see that over and over in the gospel of Matthew. When he says the book of Genesis of Jesus Christ, well, if you were reading this, if it was written in Aramaic originally, of course, it did move over into Greek and there's a, a debate on that. As a Jew, you would read it this way, the book of Genesis. That's how it opens of Jesus Christ. John says that he was in the beginning with God, that his Genesis is obviously divine. And we'll talk about that in a second. But here in his human lineage, this is the Genesis of Jesus. Last week, we talked about his name. His name, given the angel was told what to name him, his name was called Yeshua, Jesus in Greek. Yeshua is the Hebrew. His name means Yahweh saves or Savior. If you're taking notes, write that down. His title is Christos in Greek, Messiah in Hebrew. I told you that the Christ literally means the anointed one. They would anoint kings. They, David was anointed. Solomon was anointed. Saul was anointed as king. Priests were also anointed. And Jesus is the great king priest. But in our context here, we're focusing on his kingship. Jesus, the king. When you see the Christ, you could say the king. Jesus, Savior, that's his name. Christ, he's the king. And then you go down, go to down, all the way down to Matthew 1. And another name is given to Jesus. Behold, 23 of chapter 1. The virgin shall be with child, a prophecy from the book of Isaiah, and shall bear a son. And they shall call his name, what's your Bible say? Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. Jesus is Savior, King, and God. All in chapter one, so that you can see what he came to do, who he is, and what his nature is. That he is the divine king. Spurgeon wrote a commentary on the book of Matthew, and Spurgeon was making comments on the verses as commentators will do. And he paused at this point and said these words, marvelous condescension. 
How could it be that the King of Heaven would come down to rescue you? You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Would you please consider supporting Walk in Truth being on this radio station and podcast for at least $5 a month? As a thank you, we'll send you more content from Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team through our new Walk in Truth app. You will have quick access to our daily episodes. You can watch videos of Pastor Michael's most recent Sunday sermons and access to our bonus podcast and video series, A Step Closer. All this and more is available to you on our new Walk in Truth app as a thank you for your financial gift. Please become a financial partner of at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. Thank you to all our Walk in Truth financial partners. And be sure to check out our Walk in Truth app, available in your app store. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. Who he is and what his nature is. That he is the divine king. Spurgeon wrote a commentary on the book of Matthew. And Spurgeon was making comments on the verses as commentators will do. And he paused at this point and said these words. Marvelous condescension. How could it be that the king of heaven would come down to rescue me? You know, we think about queens that have visited our country and given their well wishes and, and there's a lot of regality, you know, regalness and, and grace to that. We can think of a businessman serving at a soup kitchen for an evening and thinking, wow, that's a, an act of humility. We can think of a sports hero, professional athlete going into the inner city and teaching a clinic on sports and trying to maybe visit people in a hospital who are sick. But that is nothing compared to what this is about. Because the king of heaven condescended on a rescue mission to save us. And his destiny was with a cross. This is our king. This is our God. And when Matthew opens the genealogy, the genesis of Jesus on a human level, he calls him the son of David because we're talking about the throne. David was told one From your body, in 2 Samuel 7, from your very loins will sit on the throne forever. That was not fulfilled in Solomon. Solomon had a reign, but it was temporary. It was not fulfilled with the rest of the kings of Judah because they were all temporary. The ultimate fulfillment of the son of David is Jesus. And in fact, in the gospel that we're studying, he will be called that by people. Son of David, son of David, have mercy on us. What does this mean? It means that the Messiah had to come through what we call the Davidic line, the line of David, the line of the kings. David was the king after God's own heart. He was God's king. And under David and Solomon, this was the period of time that they had a united monarchy. The glory of the days of Israel were under David and Solomon. After that, the the country split, split, the monarchy split. And they had kings of Israel in the north and kings of Judah down in Jerusalem in the south. It was a divided nation. It was only united under David and Solomon. And then it became divided after the reign of Solomon. And there were kings in Judah and there were kings in Israel. 
And here's what happened to the nation. The nation was being warned by God, repent, repent. They wouldn't repent. And the northern kingdom, who didn't have one good king, every one of them were evil. The Assyrians came in 722 BC and destroyed the northern area and they were decimated. Then Judah, who only had a handful of good kings, I count 20 kings of Judah over the stretch of time uh, moving from David down through time. And we'll talk about this in a second. Judah was spared a little bit longer, but in the 590s BC, and specifically in 586 BC, a king named Nebuchadnezzar came. This is history. You can look this up in history books. He was the king of Babylon and he came in and he destroyed Jerusalem and he leveled Solomon's temple and took people into captivity. We'll talk about that as well. This is what happened. Jesus is the son of David. He will ultimately take the throne and restore the glory of the nation, but he's a king for everybody. You can imagine that scene on Main Street as I was telling you at Disneyland. People from every tribe, tongue, and nation seem to show up at that park, and the gospel is for everybody. But there had to be a line through which the Messiah would come, and that's why Israel was chosen, ultimately to bring forth the king, to bring forth the greater David. He's the son of David, And notice he's the son of Abraham. Abraham is the beginning of the Jewish nation. Abraham was a from a pagan family. Joshua 24 tells us that his parents were pagans. But he was called out of Ur of the Chaldees, you might remember. And God called him to himself. And he left his family. He left his country. And God said, I'll lead you to a place. I'm going to show you. Just walk by faith. And Abraham believed in the Lord Genesis 15, 6, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. And Abraham is held up not only as the father of the nation, but the father of the faithful, the father of faith. This line from Genesis 15, 6 moves into the book of Romans and is captured in Galatians that we are saved simply by trusting in the merits of the king. His name is Jesus Christ. Now, of course, we're supposed to do good works, but... Abraham was told, from your body, from your loins, you're going to have all these descendants and all the nations of the world will be blessed. And Abraham was like, well, Lord, I just want to inform you on current events. I'm a senior citizen and I don't have any kids. How is this going to happen? One from your own body will come, I promise you. Well, you know that Abraham and Sarah tried to speed up the plan of God and they got a Egyptian handmaid involved and Ishmael was born and there were issues. And then finally, the son of promise came. His name is in verse two, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. These are known as the patriarchs of the nation of Israel. Abraham started it. It started with Abraham. God started it, but through Abraham. And then Isaac was born. Isaac, the Jews would say, Isaac, his name means laughter. And and he brought laughter and joy. And he was born to people who were 190. I don't know what kind of vitamins they were taking. (laughs) But, But it was obviously a supernatural work of God. The son of promise arrived. But then something happened when he was probably a teenager. God said, now I want you to take that son, the son that you love, your only son. And I want you to take him to a mountain that I will show you. And offer him to me as a burnt offering. Can you imagine? What? But Abraham obeyed 
And they went out, and you know the story. He took his son up there, and Isaac began to ask questions like, okay, I see the wood, I see the fire, but where's the sacrifice? You the sacrifice, boy. <laughs> right? And, and he had the knife over his son, and the angel of the Lord stopped him, Genesis 22, and said, don't, don't take his life. Now I know that you fear me. And a proclamation was made up on Mount Moriah where the Messiah would die for the sins of the world 2,000 years later. The son of promise would die on the cross for us. That son was spared. And he said, in you, because you've obeyed in you, all the nations of the world will be blessed. And from Isaac came a son named Jacob. Now Jacob was not the firstborn because twins were born in the womb. And they were fighting, remember? In the womb. And the first one to come out was Esau. And he was red. <laughs> they called him Big Red. Uh, we, and that's what his name means. But it was said that the older would serve the younger. And Jacob, the second born, took preeminence by God's choice. And Jacob was renamed to Israel. You've been listening to The Gracious Credentials of the King, Part 1 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew chapter 1, verses 1 through 17. And if you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more podcast apps. Listen for free to Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. We'd also love to hear from you. You can email Pastor Michael with your questions you may have from his teaching today, or maybe you have a question about something else, or need encouragement, or prayer. Maybe you'd like to share how Pastor Michael's teachings have affected you. You can email Pastor Michael at contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. And thanks for reaching out. You can also find our mailing address on walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael with the final word. Well, as you probably notice, as we're in the first chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus's genealogy really speaks of his credentials. And his credentials, of course, are important to establish him as the Messiah and to establish him as the king. And we've been talking a lot and we'll continue to talk a lot about the kingdom of God. And Jesus, uh, you know, when the wise men come into town, which is ahead of us, um, they're going to ask, where has the king of the Jews been born? And of course, uh, Bethlehem will be the answer. And you can see very on, very early on in Jesus's life, there's the identification that he's the king. He's not just the king of Israel, though. He's the king of kings and lord of lords. Amen? So my brother, my sister, be of good cheer. Your king is on the throne, seated at the right hand of the father, until his enemies be made a footstool for his feet. Psalm 110. He reigns. He intercedes for us. Let the people rejoice. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Man, he's good. And he's ruling and reigning in his church. And one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is King, Lord. So what does that mean for me? Well, I pray that you're a believer, you're a citizen of the kingdom. I, I pray that you've received Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord of your life. I pray that you're serving him and you don't just have a um, said faith, but a real walking out your faith. 
That's a work in progress. I pray that you're connected to the body, to the to the kingdom, serving the Lord with fellow citizens. These are all the things that it means. But establishing Jesus's credentials, of course, is a key because it all starts and it all ends up with Jesus, right? So, hey, I just want to let you know, our next 633 event is called The Deconstruction of Christianity with very special guest speaker, Tim Barnett. Tim is an apologist with Stand to Reason. He does a great job moving across the country, U.S. and Canada, speaking to thousands each year. He's great with younger audiences like high school and young adults, but really for all ages. This is a hot topic right now in the church and in the culture, deconstructing Christianity. And Tim is going to give us clarity on the topic. It's happening October 22nd at both our morning services, 830 and 1030 a.m., Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona. It's right off the 91 freeway and Lincoln Avenue. To get information and driving directions, go to walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. Bring out a, a group. Bring out some teens from your youth group, young adults. It's going to be a very important morning. Walkintruth.com. We'll see you here. And don't forget that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. We appreciate our Walk in Truth financial partners. You contribute to our ministry, broadcast, and podcast. As a thank you for your support, we've created the Walk in Truth app. you got to check it out. It's available in your app store. If you'd like to become a Walk in Truth partner, any amount is appreciated. You can now give on the Walk in Truth app or visit walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew chapter 1, verses 1 through 17, called The Gracious Credentials of the King. I'm Mike Massaro. On behalf of Pastor Michael Lance and Living Truth Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.